Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. The gang's all here, and they're ready. They're ready to... Uh... Oh, you ruined it. <laughs> you were so excited. Just press the button, bro. Let's see it. Okay. We did my replacement song. <laughs> I've been kicked out of the band. <laughs> That's not accurate. How can you kick me out of what is mine? <laughs> <laughs> so, in our last segment together, we discussed how... I was going to get the polar bear an intro song whenever he takes the lead or and or it's just him and I for his episode. And so we now have his introduction. So this is actually everybody's first time hearing this, although I will say the polar bear does not seem to be too excited about it because when I told him it was kind of like in an 80s theme, he seem to have an issue with that, even though the 80s were the best decades ever. That's how old you were. Wrong. <laughs> you know how He's old, an ages. You know how long ago that was, right? We're not discussing how long. You know how long ago that was? <laughs> I can Answer tell the you question. exactly how long ago tell it me. was. Well, at least 34 years ago, because here I am. Yay! Welcome, everyone. <laughs> 43 years I think it was ago. 88 was 34 and a half. I think it was 40 years ago. Okay. <laughs> the point just to is remind everybody at home. 42 or 43. <laughs> yeah. The Dang. point Start. is, and I just want to point this out, I am very impressed with the results. I mean, it can't be as bad as Well, what's his pandas, name? So. He's Polar Bear. No, the person who made it. Give a shout out. Oh, so <laughs> I found this guy on Fiverr. Okay. And I also want to point out that I actually wrote the badass lyrics oh for this. No. Oh, no. That's Did terrible. You, you got the special treatment. <laughs> oh, no. We should have listened to this before. The yeah, recording. we should have <laughs> sent <laughs> the paperwork down before you sent it to him. <laughs> what, so was, he, what was the username, though, so people can, if they like the song. Your where Image Guy. Your Image Guy. Yes, on, on Fiverr. Fiverr. What happened was I didn't realize when I looked at his description of the job, I didn't realize he wanted me to do the lyrics. I saw voiceover, and I immediately assumed that it was uh, he was going to provide the lyrics. So wait, you did the lyric part? Right. After I hired Uh him, (laughs) I got all panicky, and I was like, oh, shit, what did I do? And then I kind of had a theme song in my mind. From an awesome 80 show. Who's the boss? That they've never seen and have no idea oh what no. you're talking about. I know Michael has seen this Full one. House. Twilight Zone. So, Twilight are you, are we ready? What was the show? At least tell me no, the no. show. No, no. <laughs> oh, oh, it's good. Oh, I know what it is. It's going to be Fresh Prince, bro. Uh. The Fresh Prince of Snow Air. <laughs> 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 Made by the polar bear. The Fresh Prince of 
polar bear. That's oh, downright no. disrespectful. All right. Are we ready? Here it comes. I don't know. <laughs> They're just waiting for this to be an <sighs> epic fail. Because we're just going to start laughing regardless whether it's good or bad. And you're going to feel bad. And then we're going to feel bad. Just but then I'm going to laugh again. Just know <laughs> that these lyrics are awesome. And I thought of you. Now you're just stroking your own self. In my heart. When I wrote them. You're making me all blush and embarrassed. Well, because we know that the polar bear is the favorite bear. Yeah. Like, we Out of know all this. the bears here. And we have Panda over here complaining that he doesn't have his song is being absurped by the polar bear. I don't even have a song. <laughs> so what are you crying about? No, you want what, what kind of song can you have? I'm sure it's not going to be handwritten by Vina. She's going to know Sam, better. Sam, 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 Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Just do a chameleon Kelly, song. Kelly, 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 Kelly. What is yeah. that one? Sam, Lamb, Bobama. Halloween, the slasher song when he's chasing everybody. There's going to be Sam, 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 Sam. Never mind. I don't want a song. All of a sudden. All right. Are we ready? Well, I do. I don't think we have a choice. You don't know the buttons. So. I'm right. like, just play it or we're going to keep talking. Okay. Tonight, we're done. we are joined right. by the polar bear. So, yes, on the count of three. One, two, in 1995, in 1995, a team of paranormal travel podcasters found an abandoned cub in the haunted Arctic. <laughs> After some kick-ass paranormal training and his first alien kill, he was ready. He was ready. So, if ghosts, serial killers, or monsters in the dark got you scared, don't hesitate to call the polar bear. The polar that was pretty cool. That was intense. That was actually way better. That was kind of cool. That was actually really was good. Right. Yeah, do you feel really I bad that it's like seven times as long as yours? Uh, yeah. Those, those I don't feel really that bad. Road trip with the panda. Done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, then you do the yeah. I forgot. I yeah. do the yeah. I mean, yeah, you do the not yeah. to rain on your parade. I was w- the entire time at the end there. I was waiting for a big roar just... Oh, that would yeah. be kind of cool. But I think everything else was done really well. I and you know what the show was, though? Huh. Do you know what the show was? No. You know what the show was? The A-Team. Goddamn right it was oh, the A-Team. The well, it's the polar bear team now. <laughs> right? The I'd PB like to team. think that... 80s I'm just saying American because a lot of... Team America's theme. Team theme you think it's theme. Team America's theme? It's 80, that's 80s theme. Yeah. That's not yeah. 80s. Right? Jesus America, Christ. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. We were the ones that found him since y'all are too young. We could have found him. I found him, him in me. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Why? We're trying to save the polar bears. <laughs> all right, polar bear, final thoughts on your new intro. That was all right. That was better than I thought it was going to uh, Yeah, was I good. expected a rap to come at the end there. I was like, this is going to be super long. I was like, oh, shit, here it comes. <laughs> Do you want to hear it again? Or are you good? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to your own time. All right. Well, thank you. It's been an hour, so now it's we have to go. Eight minutes. We don't normally have our intro this long, but okay. Is it on Spotify? Down it is it. now. <laughs> you walk into every room. Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> Before yeah. he walks in, he's like, cue my music, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> doing a work on the PA system. Release, release the doves. <laughs> <laughs> Next, he's going to want fireworks. You, you created a monster. Okay. That went right to my ego. Did right it? to the dome. Yeah, he's going to take I a show. I think it was pretty he's gonna awesome. Show his wife I'm now. not going to lie. I was impressed <laughs> with this babe, guy. Babe, 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 babe. I got my own theme song. Where's your song? <laughs> I have to give you credit. That story is legit, though. It was cool. It was very fun and creative. I liked it. Yeah, it was cool. Thank it was you. It was better than I, I just, 
I thought it was going to be a wrap. I thought it was going to be Fresh Prince. And I was like, this is going to be rough. <laughs> this is how my life got turned upside down. <laughs> she got a dog from me, and then I was forced to come. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. For our real topic today, we are actually here to discuss haunted prisons. Yeah. And so to kick us off with this topic. Yo. <laughs> is I, right. Well, either way, this was this was Polar Bear's, you know, just to put Polar Bear on the spot. This was his idea in the first place. Correct. This was his topic. Yeah. He's our shining star. That's you can't right. tell by I that got intro. A song and well, it was I was my idea. I was kind of curious about it. I was like, the only one I know is Alcatraz, and then you, you, I guess you said not to do another one, which was the Pennsylvania State one. Correct. Well, it's it the Eastern, Eastern Penn State. Penn State, yeah. Right. So, to be fair, I forgot about that text, and I started researching it. I was like, "Oh, this is pretty cool." And then I was like, "Hold on, what if someone else is already doing this?" <laughs> <laughs> which is literally what the text said. Carry right. On. So don't do this. So <laughs> on my little notes is you know scratched out there is like, "Oh, don't do that." <laughs> so. So there. which which jail did, or prison did you go with? I went with the Missouri State Penitentiary. Okay. N- no one did that, right? <gasps> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. All right, yeah, so Missouri State Penitentiary it opened in 1836 and was closed in 2004. It's in Jefferson City, Missouri, as you would guess. It's a prison that started off with a measly 15 inmates and one guard on duty at, at a time. And it would grow to be one of the largest and most "quote unquote" successful prisons in the U.S. had to offer. That's terrible. Yeah, mine also opened minutes. at the same time. Yeah. So apparently they were just popping prisons up yeah. all over the place at that now time. Now they're just closing them all now. Mm-hmm. As the prison grew, it would become a vast hub for the growing city of Jefferson City, as with the prison comes businesses for the guards and inmate families want to come visit. I mean, it was a little harsher back then, so. I guess I wouldn't say that, but mostly for the guards that bring, but it brings businesses, you know, and then. Well, shit, I mean, then mess. you gotta you gotta feed the inmates. You gotta yeah, you gotta build food and all kind. I mean, it doesn't just start clothing. up a prison. Yeah, it starts up a whole society of jobs. Right. Well, that's what happens is that the businesses end up going to the prison and asking for help, you know, with products. So the some of the products that would come out of it, making it the, the state's largest producer was the prison itself, and they would make, at the time, you'd make saddles, shoes, and even wagons at the time. As you know, as it went on, it would change different products, but, like, wagon was a big one, and saddle, it was the biggest saddle manufacturer in the United States for a minute. Okay. But, you know, it, because of the inmates. It was so you gave the inmates something to do. Right, and so what would happen is next to nothing labor costs, and then the inmates would do something as long as everything was running well, but if it didn't run well because of the riots or assaults and everything else to lose production and then the community would get upset with the prison be like what's going on where's our stuff they're like they're they're fighting they're killing each other right we had to lock them down they went to time out so then the the prison would get money so it was just like you know a cycle of feeding off each other by 1932 missouri state pen would would house an estimated 5200 inmates thus making it the largest populated prison uh, at the time and even considered quote-unquote once again the most successful do they have room for all those inmates? Yes. Okay. So, it, like I said, it started off small, but it grows and grows. And even at one point, when they expanded, they tried to make a, a yard, so like a yard for them to go outside and do whatever, for a segregated part of the prison, which people are, who are really bad, they could put their friends, like the jail in the jail. They made a yard. They actually discovered an old cell block in the ground from 1836, I believe, like when it first opened up. Like they just somehow covered that back up and forgot all about it. 
They're like, oh, shit, there's a whole cell park down here. So they left it alone and didn't make the yard, and they just keep it down for tourism. So so you can still go and visit that and see it. Correct. That's well, not cool. right now. It's actually under construction right now. Hmm. So, uh, I'm like, can you just look? Is it like a Pearl Harbor thing where you just like look down at it? So yeah, so they, 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 they were digging and they hit something solid. They're like, there should be nothing here. And then when they they dug around and they found these ec- these cells that were just never unearthed, they just like, what the fuck is this doing here? And they were just kind of shrugged their shoulders and go, I don't know. Right. So there was no record of them, right? Because it's from it's actually from before the Civil War and everything. So I don't know what happened. There's no record of why that was even there, but they were there. So they don't know what happened there. Most of them are caved in, and most of them are even sealed off by walls. So they don't know what happened in there. For the record, I meant just as tourism. Like, how do they show it off now as a tourist? Oh, so trap. You, you would walk down there before. You would just walk up. You could walk up to it, like get up real close to like you would get to a door. And everything. Gotcha. And it was always. It wasn't always a strictly a male prison. Missouri State even owns the only female recorded gas execution in the United States. Bonnie B. Hetty, who was executed side by side with her boyfriend at the time. In uh, 1953. I got that wrong. 53. Tell me you know what she did. She and her boyfriend kidnapped this child of this wealthy family and demanded the largest ransom at the time, which is $600,000. And they got the ransom money, and they ran off with it. But unfortunately for the family, they actually had murdered the child before running off with the money. So they murdered the child, but then they were caught, and they used a lot of money to escape and keep running, running away. But... They never found the full amount, and the, the kid died. So it's also one of the only times a boyfriend and girlfriend were executed simultaneously. simultaneously. And you know what the family name is family is named? What was her last name? Her last name was what did you say? Hetty. H-E-A-D-Y. I think it's like Wells. I was just curious if it was the other... Um, well, there was four females executed by whatever in the prison system. Well, one of them was one of the women that they believed were part of the conspiracy to assassinate Abraham Lincoln. Yes. But that was not in the state of Missouri. Sure. It was the Greenlees kid. Greenlees. So it's haunted now. Well, so well, that's the, I'm just getting to the, I'm just getting more history about it. Okay, sorry. Because there's other notable prisoners. <laughs> She's wanting more of the foreplay. She wants to act. I mean, that's great. That's great. Okay. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'll just skip to the ghost <laughs> no, part, no, bro. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> I'm well, interrogating him. Well, there's, there's information in here that I think I did That's one exactly guy. I did one why inmate. I have four pages. Go right. Ahead. So other notable prisoners that were also incarcerated, such as two widely known at the time females known as Katie Richards O'Hare and Emma Goldman. Now, you know, we don't know who they are today, but uh, I didn't know who they were either. But I researched a little more. So O'Hara was part of a socialist labor party and would protest World War One. It was advocate for reforming the working class. So she would stand up to a socialist party, and she was tried for espionage. Because she was She spoke out against the war and advocating for everyone to rebel the, the war and, and work for the working class man. Right. So she, they put her in prison, and while she was there, she met Gold, Miss Goldman. Goldman was also considered an international, quote-unquote, anarchist, and a feminist who fought for the hardships of women, the topics of Planned Parenthood, such as opening one of, if not the first, birth control clinics in New York. While they were in prison together, they would rally the women up and say, we demand better, we need better in prison, causing a lot of havoc and problems for the guards. So basically, they're considered agitators. Correct. By the government and the man above is putting them down, even though these women were fighting for their own rights. 
fighting for rights we have right now. Right. I mean, so these would people. be considered some of the grandmothers right. of some movements. So, I mean, I would have never known who they are unless I did this topic. So just things that kind of get brushed aside. O'Hara would be pardoned by the president, Calvin Coolidge at the time, and spend her days in California reforming the correctional system because she, she wrote a book on phenology and helped create the system we have now. <laughs> so, which is kind of weird. She only spent a year. She was sentenced. They were both sentenced for five years, but she only did a year. And it was pardoned by the president himself. So she was protesting against World War One then. Correct. If so Coolidge was the president. Yes. Uh, once they both released at their own respective times. Once they both released, Goldman being released and deported back to Russia because she's an international anarchist. She's not from America. She got kicked out soon. She basically they was walked released. her to the walked her to the boat and said bye. Right. Dasvidaniya. Later. <laughs> And then, yeah, so they both released at their respective times, and the guards drew relief that they had been gone. On the male spectrum, there were two men, one of them being Sonny Liston. Sonny Liston learned how to box in state prison, eventually was helped by the guards to parole and continue boxing, and would continue to be considered one of the best heavyweights of all time until being dethroned by the rising star named Cassius Clay. Oh. Who would yeah, also known, be known as, yeah, <laughs> Muhammad Ali. Ali. So, yeah, and then that too, like, Sonny Liston, he, he, was, he was put in the armed robbery, and then he gets to prison, and the guards just kind of saw the potential in fighting, I guess, and they, they helped him. When you say potential in fighting, are we talking in internal well, he, boxing, he was, illegal he boxing? Was, he was a hothead, and so he was he was illiterate. He had, like, many brothers and didn't really have a lot of time for education or anything for him, I guess. And they just saw some sort of potential with him from his fights, I guess, in prison. So they really promoted him going up, and then he allegedly got mixed in with some gangsters or mobs or whatever to help to promote him. Promote him, so... But, I mean, he ends up being one of the best of all time. And he was a heavyweight champion of the world until Muhammad Ali comes along, like, two years. Out. So he gets to hold on the title for, like, two years before. And did they fight each other? Yeah, so they fought. So Muhammad Ali came up at 20, age 22, and Liston was already kind of seasoned. But he was in, pretty much in his prime, being the heavyweight champion of the world. And then he, Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali, beats him in that fight. Okay. And then the next fight they have was like one of the most. We think something's rigged. Oh, right. We know something's rigged. Well, yeah, they right. they claim it's rigged because it has the, quote unquote the phantom punch. Mm-hmm. So they say there's a punch. There's a picture out there where Muhammad Ali punches Sonny Liston and he goes down and then doesn't even make contact and stuff. So everyone thinks the fight was rigged. And then that I mean that's the downfall of Sonny Liston's career towards the end there. So they really make a, much of a difference. To your question earlier. There was in my particular prison, which is just as old as his. They had a like a dorm, so to speak, that was called the Sugar Shack, where they were doing illegal gambling, drugs, fighting, rings. This, are we talking they by the prisoners and the guards? Oh, a hundred percent. It was just kind of like I mean, obviously, there's a whole conversation right now going that you know once you go into prison, you change. Like it's a completely different world in there. So I mean. There was going to be fighting and discontent regardless, and there's prison justice in its own right, and I'm sure that it was more prevalent back in that day. And so, and the rules were different. So, I mean, up until... Oh, absolutely. Right? <laughs> and up until the ACLU decided that they wanted to fight the whole tobacco thing, they were allowed to smoke in prison fairly freely, and I'm sure that the guards were betting on these fights that were right, going to happen right. naturally. Well, they had programs, like they did sports teams and everything like that, but that only lasts so long before someone finally fucking snaps, does whatever, and the guards aren't any better sometimes. There's no cameras. There's no back then. There, he yes, say, correct. He says, she says, and there's you know there's literal firearms in this prison of machine guns, extra weapons that we some people just don't have today. So it's like oh okay, but you know you need something to do. You know even the hole in this prison too. They I'm sure that's like all of them back then. They put them in the actual hole. It's 
pitch dark, no toilet, no nothing, and they're there for weeks or days or even months. You know, guys go insane in there. They have nothing to do. And they one interview in the state is like, well, hopefully you have a button on your fucking jacket or whatever if you were lucky enough to have one. So you would flip it and go find in the dark so you just don't go insane. You have something to do. Okay. So. Well, and this is the time that created prison reform. Like, this is where we start to see things change. I mean, I'm sure you'll see that, talk about that in yours, but, like, in mine, this is the time that because of these heinous things happening that people started, states started to review what was going on and actually started changing the laws to get us to the prison system that we're in right now. Well, you know, just listening to your story, there there's a lot of back history to prisons that even in my story I just found pretty compelling. I'm like, I didn't know. I I'm or I did know, but I didn't real you know, it was just a lot of history connected to prisons in this country. And I just I don't wanna say impressed, but I wanna say surprised, I think. Well, so like when you hear the word prison and you hear someone says they're from prison or was involved with prison it makes you kind of go, oh. Right, there is no a matter stigma. What yeah, there's some sort of stigma. or From a, a convict. Yeah, some credibility of some sort, you know, to better if you're gangster or whatever you might be. But for the haunted prison. Well, so, right, and the one more guy before. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Uno mas. I, I, I swear I'll get to the ghost part, but. <laughs> this That's is okay. A, My, mine's set up the same way. I have mine, a bunch of mine's exactly things. the same way. <laughs> I think you couldn't delve into that. Like you had to talk about the history of these right. prisons. Absolutely, that's what I'm These's saying. Old, I'm yeah. impressed with how entrenched prison history is with American history, mm-hmm. and we'll talk. I mean, even mine is like, oh, 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 oh. Right, they're heavily involved in everything. This helped evolve Jefferson City because the only reason Jefferson City was even on the map is because Lewis and Clark kind of drove by. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was it. Hey, yo. And so, I mean, if you look at the camera, or not the camera, the videos of the prison now, and if, I guess if you're able to visit it, because you can do tours there, the house is, there's like a, there's like a hill on the wall, and then literally, like at the edge of the wall, I mean, the, the wall's fucking huge, but there's a house right there that could look probably into the prison. So it's like, oh, I mean, luckily it's not on anymore, but. Right. So. Either way, the one more guy before I move on to the <laughs> next parts. <laughs> to the ghosts. Well, one more. So either way, the second notable man was named James Earl Ray. What? Don't say it. And yet, yeah, so you know who it is, though, right? I know exactly okay. who he is. Do you guys know who it is? You know who it is? Well, he's Ukrainian. Well, he, he's he took a USA test. <laughs> he's not American. <laughs> per our conversation earlier. <laughs> As Ray was incarcerated, he would make multiple, or numerous attempts to escape until he finally succeeded in 1967. The following year, in 1968, with him with a bounty of $50, he is credited with the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. So he escaped prison? Yes. Mm-hmm. To he, go kill him? Well, no, he escaped, and then he, he was doing his own thing, avoiding the law. So the way he escaped was fucking weird, because he had a job at a bakery. So he had a bakery in there. And so what he does is he jumps in a bread box and he takes the truck outside of prison and then he rolls off somewhere along the Missouri River and they don't know where. So they lose him and then the standard bounty for a person who escapes prison was $50. So. Yeah, no one was really given. Yeah, no one really cared. I mean, there was multiple attempts made from this prison. There's assaults, escape attempts. One guy literally climbed the wall without knowing there's a guard on the, you know, on the top and the tower just like, oh, (laughs) he climbed. And these walls are massive. 
Right. And so there, it says, you know, it takes an unbearable amount of strength. Well, and so to your to your question, there's a whole conspiracy theory that the government was who killed Martin Luther King Jr. to begin with. So that goes in line with having an inmate be the one that does it and you let him out or helped him escape because that's perfect fall guy, right? Send well, him right back. Believe it or not, we're not done with James Earl Ray. Cool. That's funny. Look at you two. Look at us. It's like you just... I didn't know she was doing yeah. whatever, James. <laughs> I said James Earl Rush is about to say the spoiler alert. I was like, no, don't say it. So one more thing. <laughs> because this is the, the notable thing about this was the 1954 riot. It was the biggest riot recorded from Missouri State Penn. So what happened was it started with two guards that were assaulted and lost their keys to inmates. And the inmates literally ran cell to cell and asked each inmate, you want out? And he said, well, Yeah. Some of them didn't want to come out because, especially, cost you. even the death row guys were like, "No, I find I, if I get out and I don't make it, I'm I'm definitely going to death row now." So I'm gonna try to fight it in here. So, sorry. So as they made it through, just they were letting everybody out. But every time they would go outside, the guards on the windows and towers would open up with machine gun fire and keep them inside. So luckily, you know, they had the weaponry back then to keep them contained inside the building, but it didn't stop them from destroying. Half the buildings, you know, they would set everything ablaze, break all the windows, bust through doors with just sheer force. Like some guards were stuck in a room and they had the keys. They're like, give us the keys, do this and that, because it's just bars at that point. It's not like full on doors. And they're like, fuck you. So they would throw the keys away for that. None of them can grab it, but they found ways to get through the the doors while the guards were trying to get the fuck out because they saw them coming. They're like, nah, it ain't worth it. So, but luckily they were able to keep the inmates inside as the inmates boarded up and made their, you know, their stand in there. So they called all state officials and any available local troopers to come to Missouri State Pen, say, hey, we need to take care of this. So over 400 and some cops come by and then they, they make the assembly team. They leave 100 cops outside as a, as a last wall of defense, send the rest inside and they, they meet face to face. You know, the cops are armed with submachine guns, riot guns, everything else they can carry. And they meet, you know, the inmates who are boarded up, and they tell them over the peace system, everyone needs to go back to their cells right now, or you'll be fired upon. And all the inmates were hooting and hollering, and then one guy peers over the fucking blockade or whatever, and then fucking bam! Wham. Got him. And then it went dead silent. And this is all accounts from an officer who was on the, the first 18 guys that went in there. He wasn't the guy who was shot, but they fucking, they domed this guy, this inmate, and then it just went silent. And they all walk back to the nearest cells they can get into. Like they, they were like, "Oh shit!" They they're like, oh, we're shit. good, thanks. They're yeah, that was real. fun. Jk, Jk. So out of, but out of all of that, only four inmates died. One being one of the death row inmates that was in the what they called the snitch cage, I think. So and they they the officials state that they think that this is the real reason why the riot happened was to cover that up. So what happened was those guys were running around, who started the riot. It, they say they were alleged with a gang, and the guy at the far end of death row was the parole station, basically. So he was getting out of jail. But they didn't know that, so they asked him, hey, you want to come help? He looked nervous and scared. was like, no, I'm good. But he didn't, didn't give a reason. I mean, this is just accounts of an inmate who allegedly saw everything. But what they did was they saw him, and they, they couldn't get in there, so they took a sledgehammer they they stole, and they busted a wall hole in the wall, opened the doors, and they got in there, and they ripped out his tongue and smashed his head in with a sledgehammer. So basically, you said that he was in the snitch? Right, so it was he was a snitch, 
what they called him in prison, a snitch. But he was an informant for whatever gang that they he might have pissed off, and they and that's why they say they did the riot to cover it up. So this is like him. the original uh, snitches get stitches, right? Because they smash his face in with a sledgehammer. So oh my god! And back then, you know, they didn't hold back, so that guy was fucking gone. So four inmates confirmed dead, one being the head blown off, one being sledgehammer off, another. And 50 inmates that were stabbed, beaten, or shot from the gunfire from the cops. And only four officers were actually hurt. So, luckily that was good. And then they caused a, a, you know, a whole prison search. And they found tons and tons of weapons. And it wasn't good. It didn't look good. So, I don't know why they called it the most successful prison if they found weapons and everything else. But years to come, it would be called the bloodiest 47 acres in America. Okay. That's a nickname Missouri got and stuck with till the end of the time. So the ghost part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's ghosts? Is that why you were here? Yeah. It's just, I mean, she's right. There's a history in all these prisons. They all have their own stories to tell of, you know, who was there, what happened there. And, I mean, and those are only a couple of the guys that were famously known for being there. So, I mean, there's other people there. But they do do tours for this prison. It's still open for tourists, not for inmates. They say ghostly programs have come here, ghost hunters, ghost adventures. They've all come here. They do the same thing. What was that? <laughs> was it a ghost or was it something else? <laughs> you Unless know? you're Zach Bagans and you're like, talk to me. Yeah, don't be a bitch. <laughs> it's Come your on. boy. You want to hit someone? It's your boy, ghost. Sorry. <laughs> and inmates would repeatedly. So, yeah. So then a lot of activity comes from like where the holes were, like I said, in the darkness where people would be bored and then they would lose, go insane there. And then inmates would even reportedly run their heads at the wall for just boredom relief and or just suicidal tendencies. Rumors of the cruel guard reportedly people have seen him roaming around the blocks that he would love to visit and physically or excessively physically beat the shit out of inmates with. So, and then they can hear... This was one guard? Yeah, they call him the cruel guard. Okay. No, not they don't know who it is. They just assume, they just see spectrums of him walking around looking for someone to beat up. You can hear the moans and cries even laughter and whispers all through each hall and all the cell doors and open windows. I mean, just it's basically just main ghost stuff, I guess. But there's no, like, main guy where it's like, oh, he was bloody and chains and everything else. Ooh. <laughs> okay, so I had the same issue. Yeah. So we think, right, that ghosts are formed from this, like, traumatic event and this negative energy, and mm-hmm. that's kind of what sticks. And I found the same thing. Like, I, they're like, yeah, this is the most haunted place in the United States. And I'm like... Okay, so who are the ghosts? Yeah, so there's there's no there's no titles to these ghosts. They just no. say everywhere you go, you hear it's, these voices, yeah. you hear the You're laughters, accosted. the cries, right? Yeah, and uh, I mean, cell doors open and close by themselves, which I mean, are kind of hard to do, especially with those kind of doors, because it wasn't. They're I pretty mean, heavy. They're so heavy, heavy for one, and most of them weren't uh, weren't automatic, especially. Yeah, I think they're slides, right? Yeah, a lot of slides or pull opens, everything else. So you have to have some sort of effort, especially with it being old. But you can do tours there. You can do even do nightly ghost tours. They have various different ones. They'll start from range from $35 to $100, but the $100 one gets you eight hours there. Oh, yeah, okay. So you can spend basically spend the night there, 10 to, t- 10 to 6, and they, you can, they, they tell you to bring your own ghost stuff, but they can actually provide you with spirit boxes and things like that. So they're prepared. Yeah, so they know that this is a popular spot for people to come visit, and they're, you know, they charge tours, and you can set up on the – there's a whole schedule there. There's a whole website on it. And it's even got a fucking TripAdvisor thing on it for 2022. So it's relevant, boys and girls. <laughs> it's relevant. Jefferson City here. I yeah, go. Jefferson City, Missouri. Missouri State Penitentiary. So 
it's there, and you can look. It, you could take tours, ghost tours, regular tours. It's open. How All far right. is Missouri from where we're going? Not very we'll, far. We'll look it up. Where are you going? We're planning a trip. We're always oh, okay. planning a trip. We never go. <laughs> okay, so can I plan too? Then yeah. because yeah. I it, it's so much fun. <laughs> Planning is more fun than going. <laughs> I guess so. Well, All we right. have to drive there. Yes. So I mean, l- if we do a little discussion on prisons, and th- there's we can't really find out, you know, individual ghosts that haunted because there's there's so much traumatic experience, and it happens. I mean, it doesn't happen often. But it kind of does. Like, mm. like it's enough to, like, die down. It's like, oh, prison is whatever. It's boring. And they do whatever they're supposed to do. And then, boom, something extreme happens. Right. There's no stats until something happens. Right. Because I tried looking at, like, total deaths in prison and stuff like that. They don't have records for all that unless you. Right. And chances are they don't want the records. Well, yeah, because that would make it look bad. Right. And then another thing that people really don't understand unless you look into it is people assume when somebody goes to prison, they just get locked up and they stay there, like, no, in their cell, and they don't you. go anywhere. But that's not what happens. They, they, they go to prison, but prison is its own community, you know. It, the inmates have jobs, they have places to be, they have school. And even back then, it wasn't like, you know, unless you were in the hole, it, it wasn't like locked in your cell and rot. There was bakeries, there was laundry, Saddling, the, yeah, they making saddles. The, yeah, the inmates made the place run. It was like free labor, kind of. Right. Um, so, I mean, well even now, you know, you still have Folsom. They make license plates. Yeah, they make license plates. There's the even f- a prison that makes milk. Yeah, the federal prison. They're in their camps. They're allowed to leave by themselves most of the time. They don't even have oh to. Yeah. Oh have yeah. a chaperone or a guard with them. They just get to go do live their best lives. State state of you California has uh, <laughs> fire camps. Inmates yeah, fight your fires. fires. The fire camps. Yeah. yeah. Road road trash pickup. I mean, you <laughs> see well, them. Vaccine clinics. Vaccine clinics. Yeah. I mean, those that inmate crew is critical to small prison towns because they're out everywhere. They're doing all kinds of stuff. They paint murals in the high school. They repaint the outside of the high school. Oh they yeah, they do pick a tons of artistic stuff. Yeah. They do all kinds of cool stuff. So that's kind of just kind of like what you know, people that don't really look into it, they don't understand that like they're like, Well, how how did this inmate get a weapon or, you know, how did he get out? Well, he was probably somebody was out. taking a nap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's some there's access there. <laughs> yeah, there's there's ways It's hard staring at a wall yeah. for eight hours a day, I tell yeah. <laughs> I, I tell you that. <laughs> I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you you made uh Cal- Department of California corrections and your your prison is Oh, huh? Huh? oh! That was it. I'm set up for you, bro. <laughs> I thought I was done after the same. Yeah. Yeah. Do I? Uh, did, did, you, I did, did you still need did me? You, I did all my ghost things. He said all the ghost things for all of us. He's did, done. Did you hear all the bullshit I just spit out so I wouldn't have to do my research? All the bullshit. <laughs> you got the best prison. You don't get to complain. I did. I mean, he's I, not even gonna say the most famous guy. Watch. I checked his notes when he left. I yeah. was like, oh, he better have put the right one in there, They're and he did. Gonna syphilis have a motherfucker. Bumpy Johnson. Anyway, my prison is Alcatraz, in case you guys didn't know. Didn't figure that out by all the shit talking. It was your idea. You got first dibs. Yeah, I got dibs, which is my favorite prison. It's it's a good-looking prison. Of all the prisons I've been to, it's a very nice one. There's no inmates. (laughs) (laughs) Allegedly. I actually lived in the Bay Area for four years and not one time went to visit it. But my person that I know, and I won't explain how I know that, 
works for the federal prison and they actually get special tours at Alcatraz. So like everyone else can go buy night tours, day tours. But if you're a federal employee, you actually get like extra access, which is kind of cool. You mm. get like a VIP pass just for being a v- in federal employee. Oh, you only oh. have to oh, because it's a federal prison, huh? Yeah, it's not a state prison. It's a federal prison and it's so the feds Statistically, in case you guys want me to go into this because I'm a nerd and I know these things. No, 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 you keep that. (laughs) The feds actually have the lowest death rate of most prisons. So they only have like 15 documented prisons and 10 of which were from Alcatraz. It was a boat that capsized. Oh. And so deaths, when I say deaths, I mean guard deaths, not inmate deaths. Oh, okay. I'm sure you'll cover that. That doesn't sound right, but okay. okay. So they have the lowest guard deaths and most of them were on a boat from Alcatraz back to the mainland and it capsized and they died. That's a shit harsh. Really shit fascinating, commute. huh? As you forgot your fucking wallet on the boat or something? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! So Alright, so what you got? So yeah, um, you know, it's the... It's an island. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a prison. It used to be a prison. So I'll start with a little history on Alcatraz. So even if before it became home of America's most notorious prison, uh, prisoners, the island was used by natives, Native Americans, to gather food. It's mostly eggs and such. So the reason it's named Alcatraz is because there was a Spaniard, whatever his name was. He named it because of the pelicans. So Alcatraz uh, translated. That's what a pelican is in Spanish. Yeah. So, yeah, because it was covered in pelicans. And then the way he described it is he actually wrote in his diary that he fired his weapon above the island, above the pelicans, and they all flew up, and it was like a dark cloud of birds, and it was just overwhelmingly. Did they know. shit on him? Um, possibly. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Dear diary, another. <laughs> right when, shit shit when he's writing his uniform. autobiography, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he didn't say, it was today, March 12th, and the pelican shit on me when I <laughs> shot a fire, like a shot in the air, and they flew away. So even before all that, the Native American people, actually grew to be afraid of the island. They had their own legends of evil spirits that lived on the island. So, you know, they, they would do the gathering and, you know, some stuff would happen. So they all these legends derived from, and it actually became, ironically enough, it served as banishing grounds for natives who violated the laws of the land, uh, you know, their the society. tribe. Yeah, the, so, which is, you know, kind of funny, because before it was even a prison... It, it was, was a, a prison. prison of sorts. Mm-hmm. A white man came and said, you know it'd be nice here? <laughs> yeah. So you see what you're doing here. Let us expand. <laughs> you know. We got you. <laughs> you need a little freedom over there. Uh, after a Mexican-American war, United States took it over, and it served as a military station. After realizing its strategic potential for defending San Francisco Bay, they built tall, tall walls uh, on around the island, turning it into Fort Alcatraz. A little misfortune that happened during the construction in 1857. The construction crew was working on building a road and there was a massive landslide that buried a bunch of the uh, workers, two of which died under the rubble. Already starting off bad. Yeah, rough start. After it served as a military base, it served as a military prison. In 1915, it was named Pacific Branch U.S. Disciplinary Barracks. And that was for the guys who didn't disobey the rules in prison. And during the time, so here's 
the funny, th- well, not funny thing, but here's the thing. T- um, when it was a military prison, it was a, like a minimal security. So guys try to escape all the time. So during, during the time, there were at least 80 men who attempted escape. Of those, 62 were captured and returned back to the prison, and one may have drowned, and the fate of 17 others was unknown. And the, the, the whole reasoning behind Alcatraz being at prison, it was, it's unescapable because mm-hmm. of the strong currents, the ice-cold water that surrounds the island. Like Even if they got past the fences and the guards and they got out there without an actual boat, it was practically possible, which we could do a whole other episode of Escape on oh, of Alcatraz. Yes. There was yeah, four guys that almost yeah, made it. Absolutely. You know, or the movie? Maybe made it. The movie? You well, escape? Mm-hmm. And then there was that like Olympic swimmer that came out to test if you could even do it. I don't even oh think yeah, he made it all the yeah. way. And fun fact, the Golden Gate Bridge is actually a breeding ground for great whites. So you f- even if you made it, you might have gotten eaten. Just saying. That would have been cool. Lunch. Yeah. That would have been lunch. Snack. Jaws would have been out there eating things. Is that related because Golden Gate Bridge is most suicides? Like a really popular spot for suicides. It is a really die with the whales. <laughs> yeah, well, we well, get one a week. Well, because somebody dies and then the shark come eat them. You know. Yeah, so I don't so know. So then the sharks just. I don't think they think about wait. the circle of life. But that's <laughs> why it's so dangerous to surf up in like those surrounding areas because there's so many sharks around yeah. in there. So that's terrible. <laughs> Gonna get got. <laughs> so terrifying. Laughing through my security. <laughs> in 1934, this is when Alcatraz actually became a federal penitentiary and the prison that we know today. A lot of infamous criminals were incarcerated in Alcatraz prison, such as Al Capone. Oh, there we go. Come <laughs> on, <laughs> boy. That's the main one. I know. I didn't want to say Capone. Machine Capone. Yeah, Capone. <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly. No, not the singer. Right. Robert Frank Stroud. Which was his nickname was the Birdman of Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. He's a creep. Bumpy Johnson and many more. These were murderers, crime bosses of the prohibition prohibition era. Alcatraz was known to house the worst of the worst, and that's kind of what they 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 took pride in that. They were like, "This is an inescapable prison." Right. It's almost like it. It's a, a not a tag, but like if you've been to Alcatraz. They know you you were a fucking criminal. Yeah. Yeah, that's why you would get tattoos now in your prison. They show who you are and what you run with. Mm-hmm. Then you can tell them your credentials. Well, and the federal prison system set up a little bit differently than the state ones because they have, like, their camps. They have, like, their club feds that are super mellow and chill. Then they have, like, their USPs. They have FCIs. That means so nothing th- to us. So they have the FCIs, <laughs> which are their fer- federal correctional institutions. They're like the medium highs. Then they have the USPs, which are the US United States pins. And then they have their ADMAX, which is in Florence, Colorado. Sure. And it's like their high dog. That's where Sammy the Bull is. is like yeah. that where um the killer, the... Oh, wow. Yes, Ted it's Kaczynski? where all of them went, yes. It's a big... That's their big prison. That's their ADMAX. And so Alcatraz was kind of seen as like their U.S. pins. It was like a higher level because was it was one. unescapable. And so all of their big dogs like Al Capone, even though he was only in for tax evasion, he had to go somewhere worse because people were going to break him out. He had such loyal followers across the United States. I mean, it was insane. Well, he actually started out in Penn State, Eastern Penn State. Mm-hmm. And then he landed, guys ass landed in Alcatraz. So, he upped his game. Mm-hmm. Well, he downgraded my <laughs> mentally. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he downgraded. The and syphilis did They him even in. talk mm-hmm. about how he was this big shot on the streets, but when he went to prison, he was like almost an exemplary inmate. Like he was doing everything he was supposed to. Yeah, he was trying to finagle some extra stuff here and there, but he was just doing his time, and he was like. Well, actually, when he was at Eastern Penn State, he had a radio, he had a, a couch, he had like a room mm-hmm. at the Hilton. Yeah, extra, yeah. Okay. I don't think that was the case when he got thrown into Alcatraz. Yeah. No. Where we can buy right. people off. Yeah, each prison is different. Each prison's got their own things going, so. But he was also the upper up that wasn't actually doing the things. I mean, it would be arguable to say that he was, like, the most violent. He had people that went out and him. did it for him. Yeah. So, like, to well, get in prison never was get probably caught. terrifying. Yeah, he could right. never get caught. So now he's in well, fucking yeah. tax evasion. <laughs> so Thanks to the untouchables. Yeah. That's all. That's all right here. <laughs> <laughs> He's so, getting to that. Yeah, anyway. we're getting there. Stop Let, it. Let's Stop get to the haunted here. part of this story. <laughs> so some believe that some of these criminal uh, criminal spirits still linger there. First one I'd like to talk about is the ghost of Al Capone. What? <laughs> what? I don't know stiffless ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> Which is it's a kind of a funny story. So the story is that when people visit old the his old cell. They can see floating orbs, which is indication of paranormal. Yeah, the spirits I'm, I'm, yeah, still I'm roaming. A little, I'm a little skeptic on all that. But another haunting experience is that when people tour the prison, they can hear the sound of banjo echo through the halls. Al Capone was famous for that. Instead of taking his recreational time with everyone else, he would ask to spend his time in the shower room to play his banjo. He claimed that he liked the acoustics there. Some speculate that reasoning behind it was that he made so many enemies in prison, it was just wasn't safe for him to have recreational time with the other inmates or general population inmates. Or you need an extra five. <laughs> for floppy purposes. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. God. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't want to think about God. that. <laughs> He's trying to get the syphilis out. <laughs> oh trying god. to clog those drains. Oh god. So, well, well as his syphilis <laughs> progressed, they, when they diagnosed him, they they said that he had kind of like a mental capacity of a twelve-year-old at that. That's point. what it does. It, it eats away from your yep. it eats your brain away. It's terrible. So, my personal opinion is, I think that's a bunch of bananas. Al Capone only served four and a half years of his actual seven-year sentence at Alcatraz. Or tax evasion because he was a mob. A yeah, he was a he was well, a mob boss, and one. that's really they got him for what they could. Remember his vault that was like a complete yeah ger- nothingness, uh, right? Geraldo Rivera. Oh yes, that was so good. Live on TV, and it, there was nothing in it. Right there. I'm sorry, are you guys too young? Do you know who was Geraldo? that? In, was that, that in the eighties? Wow. That, that wasn't that wasn't that was like one of the highlights of the eighties. That was a big deal. That was a it was moment like a two in history. hour special for. A, Huge crash and Wasn't as cool as the Berlin Wall, I guess. It was one of those yeah, moments. It yeah. was huge. It was so Everybody hyped was up. Crying so, when the wall so went okay, down. hold on. What's that's what's this fucking vault thing? He had a vault, and so they found it after I think in long the prison. After. Like his no, 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 no like, like underneath like one of the one. buildings. And so they went to open it, and it was a whole thing. It was live on TV. Now, mind you, that was before DVR. That was like a big deal to it be live on. You had to watch it. Yeah, he had nothing in it. Right. Oh. He. So we had a talk <laughs> show host by the name of Geraldo Rivera, mm-hmm. who was kind of like I'm the guy, right? Right. It was a big deal. And that pretty much ended his career. 
So they were looking for it, though? They found it, and they, I mean, it was a lot of speculation as to what they were going to find inside. They thought they were going to find wealth and all kind, all this stuff because of tax evasion, like, that they, he had just had all this money he was sitting on. Mm-hmm. And so they went to open it, and like I said, it was a big buildup. It was like an hour or two-hour long special, so they were taking all that prime time. And nothing. And absolutely nah. nothing. It's nope. not like you could DVR. So people were taking the time right. out of their lives uh, to, to watch. watch this in the moment, <laughs> and it was nothing. I mean, he got out. I don't know why they would think that. He'd leave the anything the money before he be died. Yeah, everyone, someone else has to know where it's at. Pow, well, I was going to say, you have, like, one number one's one, number two. I think he had a family. Like, yeah, there's he's no way things. that no one mm-hmm. didn't go hit that place up after right. he got or, yeah. picked up, you know? Either he's more gross. So, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, he's playing with something in the, the bathroom. The <laughs> with his banjo. <laughs> and so that's what he calls it. It just oh, makes no. me skeptical that, you know, even if he did, he played the banjo and everything, but. He only spent four and a half years there at Alcatraz, and even even then, most of his, a lot of his time was spent in the medical areas rather than his own cell because of his stage of syphilis, and then, you know, out to hospital type stuff. So, that makes me skeptical on why his spirit would return to Alcatraz to play the banjo, unless it's like... It was the most dramatic time of his life or whatever. All places, yeah. But, yeah, he served the rest of his st- sentence, and he ended up going home and dying. Well, maybe his ghost is there because that's the last thing he remembers before losing his mind to syphilis. That's actually a good thought. A I think he dies poetic. in Florida. It's like, it's like Anakin's sports-based ghost. And he fucking comes back. It's the good side of him now. In the new not the burnt version. Darth Vader. Not side. the bur- yeah. Not that fucking egg shit, mo- okay. egg shell motherfucker. Yeah, the original thought was really, really cool, and then you just ruined it. With it's the best example I got. You got a better yeah. one? <laughs> fucking think of one better. Eat my ass, bro. Let's go. Or oh ghosts. No. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> so there's there's two more instances I like to talk about that happened in Alcatraz. So. I'll try to shorten this one up. It's the Battle of Alcatraz, which, I mean, we can have a whole episode just on that. In short story, was a couple of inmates ganged up on the guard as he was doing a search of one of the inmates. The other one came up behind him, clocked him on the head, which was pretty poor planning back then. Took his guns, took his keys, took his baton, which now there's alwa- there has to be a physical barrier between a weapon and an inmate, so... Nobody that can't happen. So they took guns and they there was a tower and they actually kept an eye on the guys' routine. The 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 guy with the big guns in the tower. The guards routine. Yeah, yeah he would he would walk uh, he would have a certain route that he walked and they actually did this as he was away so he didn't see it happen. So then by the time they were armed and so they, they went out and got the guard in the tower, and so they ended up getting the keys and the guns from there. So it was two two of these inmates, and they took those two guards as hostages, and they had a plan to get more keys to get out to the yard, and it just wasn't working, so they ended up being pinned there. And so there was a whole shootout between the officers and the guards, and I think it, was, it took a couple days before they could actually get the inmates recaptured. Right, like take um, it back. But, yeah, in the process, two officers died, and I'm not sure if it was the ones that they captured or not. And then there was one officer that's kind of fucked up because they had, like, a, like a SWAT team, essentially, go in and try to, try to get these guys. But one of the officers died from friendly fire. Oh, oh no. Oh. 
This is, yeah, this is kind of fucked up. Yeah, I don't know. He wasn't kneeling when he was supposed to. So three officers died in that shootout, and they ended up capturing those two inmates. I think they ended up breaking out one or two more to help them, and then they were sentenced to death by gas chamber. Uh, fun fact, there was no gas. Uh, nobody was ever executed at Alcatraz. There, like I seen, I seen like little things saying electric chair and gas chambers, but on the actual record, nobody's there was no death sentence going on at Alcatraz. But the paranormal part of it is, throughout the years after, the the guards would hear gunshots, and they <laughs> they would hear commotion and gunshots, and it would get to the point where it would freak the the officers out so much that they would they would pull their guns and they would start looking because they thought that inmates were they got the guns they're breaking out again. again yeah so i don't know if it was like a ptsd moment or was it new new guards to where yeah it was just i guess it it happens all the time that you hear gunshots and commotion and like oh it's i guess it's a moment that's frozen Sounds in like time. a residual yeah mm-hmm. A residual haunting. That was one. And then my most favorite one is we talk about the D block, uh, how uh, Panda talked about the hole. They they had a form of, you know, disciplinary hole, hole there too. And it was very similar to where they lock them up. And there was one light switch and the officers were the ones controlling it. And there was no windows, nothing to do. It was just, you just sit there in darkness. And so they had, they had these inmates there. And this guy, I couldn't f- couldn't find his name. He was hooting, hollering, you know, like I can't, you know, I can't take it anymore, blah, blah blah. And then he started yelling about w- glowing red eyes in the darkness. And I mean, it's pitch black in there, so he was either hallucinating or something happened. But the guards just brushed him off, you know. Everybody, everybody freaks out in there. They just let him go. So in the morning. They found him dead, strangled. The doctors actually said he it was he wasn't able to do it the w- by himself. He wasn't it hanging wasn't by the rope. Yeah, he just had marks on his neck, and you know s- something or someone strangled him. And a lot of theories talk about uh, like a douchebag guard just went in there and got tired of him screaming or whatever and killed him. Or other theories say it was a demon or a Han, you know, Native American creature thing that haunts. Came back. Yeah. Wendigo. I do like that one. That, that was a that good That haunts one. the, you know, the halls. But funny thing about that is next morning at count time, they did a lineup and they counted the inmates and they had the same count that they had the day before. So oh they like counted an extra there. person. So whether his spirit was there or. Right. It is. And it kind of th- those things kind of give me the the chills when when they count or like there are stories of somebody doing doing counts because in prison it's very you know uh, that's that's the most important part is making sure all the inmates are there accounted for. Yeah, that's well, the only and, way and to do it. People would go through and they count and have oh I have one too many, and then they can always recall talking to some guy in the cell and then they go there and the cell's completely empty. So. That's, that's that's my cool. hauntings, you know. Prison's just scary, you know. People die there, whether of their How own choice. You? <laughs> How dare you? Nobody dies in prison <laughs> anymore. Suicide, you know, murder. Or gangster shit. Gangster shit, you know. That's 
it's just just a bad juju place. So it kind of it's kind of guaranteed that it would have some ghosts and spirits and some unsolved business there. I think that's 100%. it exactly. All right, Samantha, what you got? A drink of my coffee. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I've been waiting so patiently. I'm like, okay, I control this shit now. Yeah. <laughs> this can, is can my you, turn. Can you keep control this shit now on the recording? Yeah. <laughs> Don't I'll say I'm that when I'm drinking. I'm going to be in the back. Uh, Don't all say that. <laughs> Come on. Be an adult. Like, <laughs> all over you. Okay. T-shirt contest. Ooh, Ooh. you'd like that more than me, though. (laughs) Because you sassy. Because he's a boss-ass bitch. Boss-ass bitch. (laughs) It all started. Took a DNA test. (laughs) I'm like, my check. I have to make myself self-relevant. You know, I don't have a song. I'm just, like, not the favorite. Jeez. (laughs) Pina calls me and yells at me at work. She's going to guilt trip you into making a song. (laughs) Just kidding. How about me and Michael write a song for Sam? Oh, no. Please. No, never. Once again, I don't want a song. She needs a song so bad. I changed my mind. Just do the group song already. Jeez. The guy from Ghana is working on it. <laughs> Just get the, what was his name again? Is the he image is he body the guy? Is he the yeah. American guy? <laughs> no, the, one the Ghana guy is from Ghana. Ghana. Oh, he's from Ghana. <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh. It's not Ghanaria. It's Ghana. You fucking weirdo. Non-American guy. Well, I mean, to oh clarify, when we do these mashups, are we just going to have, like, the normal theme song and then, like, the five seconds for Panda and the 90 seconds for <laughs> Polar Bear? And then, like, three minutes later, we'll be like, and Sam's here, too. And and now we start. <laughs> no, I think it'll be no. just a group song. Okay. Uh, it'll be the intro song. And then we, the gang's all here. And cue the gang's gang all song. here. Okay, but until then, writers. When do they? Are they just gonna only get their theme songs when they do no, a solo we trip? We will. We'll, we'll wait. Can we just stack them all? Hopefully, by the next time we get together, we'll have the gang song. And if we don't, right. she's gonna play his song and then my song, and then we're gonna be like, "Sam's here." That's what I I want to see that, and we're like, "Okay, hold on, one more, one more." Lynn just like in a row to see if they flow together. The they panda, the polar bear. And Sam. Sam. <laughs> yes. Can we keep that? <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> That'd be fun. Actually, if you do that guy, you know, in a world, <laughs> in a green room, <laughs> there was two bears and a bunny. <laughs> Were you and then out of nowhere, Sam. W- right? And a weird chicken, a pig mask that might, may or may not be naked. We don't know. There once was a chicken <laughs> who befriended a bear who found another bear. <laughs> Well, I'm the bunny, and I started first. Okay, we'll be your fucking <laughs> slaves then or something. Okay, in the cult. I was going to say she the is green the room cult, cult leader. Oh, fuck. Okay, so my topic was the West Virginia Penitentiary in Moundsville, Pennsylvania. Ooh. Right? That's, not That's a where PA is. Okay, it's fine. I'm doing great today. Um, So Moundsville Prison, which was on the United States Department of Justice list for the ten t- top ten most violent correctional facilities, was the last stop for 998 men, some of which were ex- executed by hanging, electrocution, some were killed by inmates, and other ones took their own lives because they just couldn't handle life behind bars. Prison sucks. Yeah, th- I, m- I would assume that we don't want it to be a pleasant experience, especially back only then. only 40 executions. Mm-hmm. I mean, up. Uh, it probably yeah. sucked then. Now it's more like a summer camp. Yeah, we get some good ones going. So, I mean, if you want to jump ahead, we have 94 people killed here. So, this prison was open in 1863, and it was open because West Virginia succeeded from Virginia to side with the Union in the North. Because they had become a newly founded state, they decided to open their own prison because they had to. 
and they chose this place because it was close in proximity to the capital, which at the time was Welling. So this prison was also built on a 2,000 and now 2,000-year-old sacred burial grounds for the Adena Native American tribe. So we have a lot of theme here, right? So we have history, we have riots, we have built on burial grounds or Native it's American It's just destined for failure. It's just destined for That's kind of we're a just standard. That's not the first person that was built on a Native burial ground. Right? We're just trying to make this place fucked up. So, along those lines, there were many violent instances that contributed to Moundsville becoming one of the most haunted places in the United States. One of the most haunted places in the United States. I felt like that was just like... Bleh, bleh. You said it again. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> No, I don't even know what I said. (laughs) Something about Moundsville. (laughs) So there were many violent instances that contributed to Moundsville becoming one of the most haunted places in the United States. Among... Fina's going to kill us. Yeah, we I'm have done, to done, keep done. going. You. you said it three times now. Whose fault is it really? You told me to say it a third <laughs> I time. I was just do it. listening. It's I'm just a slave. Sentence. You take orders from a slave? I'm evilly, easily susceptible. Evilly. <laughs> that too. What are we going to do today, Pinky? <laughs> Trying to take over the world. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Same thing we do every day. <laughs> Among the 36 homicides, the murder of R.D. Wall, inmate 4467, was one of the most brutal. Wall was heading down to where the broilers were housed when he was jumped and stabbed by three other inmates. When they were done with their attack, he was literally butchered to pieces, and they were using dole ships. Another contributor to the prison's haunted history was the on-site graveyard where any inmates were buried because their bodies were not claimed. So either they didn't have next of kin or their family just didn't want them. So, like, Wall's family just didn't want them. So they just buried them on site. And that was common. I mean, you have a criminal family member. You don't want that. You don't want to deal. You don't want to pay for that. Well, and you just don't want that shame, so you probably just disowned them. Absolutely. So between 1899 and 1949, 85 men were hung in the gallows at the penitentiary. The hangings were a public spectacle and often drew large crowds until the hangings were deemed cruel and unusual punishment in 1951 after the state reviewed a number of botched hangings, including one where an inmate was inadvertently decapitated. So this inmate was named Frank Heyer, and he had murdered his wife and was sentenced to death. But it got the job done. He was brought down to the gallows. There was a whole crowd of people, and when the trap door dropped, they quickly realized that they calculated incorrectly because his body dropped and his head popped off, and all of the crowd was just like, oh, fuck. So (laughs) the state reviews this, and they're like, well, it's cruel and unusual to do it in front of all these people, so they brought it inside, and it became a thing for private invitation only. But I thought that was kind of interesting. In my undergrad, I had done research on this, and it was like 24 minutes to die if you were being hanged, but... That was only if your neck didn't break. Well, this guy's not only does his neck break, but his head pops off. So I mean, thirty seconds. Well, no, I think it's a thing. If you if it's blink, you can still blink after because it's still trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. Brain activity. And the longer it blinks, I mean, it's still alive, and then it dies. But so because of that, in 1951, in an effort to correct the way that they carried out capital punishment, because hanging was banned, an inmate named Paul. Glenn was actually asked to build an electric chair, and that chair was dubbed as Old Sparky, which is still on display today at the institution. Oh, we gotta go see Old Sparky. Right, so as soon as they outlaw this, Old Sparky comes into play. Nine more prisoners were executed by electrocution before the state of West Virginia outlawed capital punishment in 1965, which, like I said earlier, brought the death toll to, the execution toll, to 94. And had they, the state not banned 
capital punishment, I'm sure that we would have had a lot more. Electric chair sounds so much more painful than hanging. Did you watch the Green Mile? Yeah, they like light on fire and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you have to water the body before you do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, the sponges and stuff, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, and I don't, oh, at the Mob Museum in Las Vegas, they have the wall from the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, which was Al Capone. But they also have, I believe, the first electric chair sitting back there somewhere. I don't know if it's the first one, but but it's one of them. Definitely a a replica Mm -hmm. Uh, or the original. I don't know. They have something that looks like it. Yeah. Just sat in it. I think it's in a glass com- like case, or I would have. Yeah. Turn this bitch on. Yeah, I would have been there for sure. <laughs> Roll on one. <laughs> I've so seen enough Chris Angel. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Chris Angel. I know science. <laughs> Magic. I'll be fine. The prison was decommissioned in 1995 after 126 years open, and the inmates were moved to larger prisons and institutions because Moundsville was too small and it was experiencing severe overcrowding because at least three prisoners were sharing a five-by-seven-foot cell. And because of this close quarters and the overcrowding, it led to a 52-hour riot in 1986, where 16 officers were taken hostage and three inmates were tortured and killed. I didn't go as much into my riots as you guys did, because I was like, hey, yeah, riots, blah, blah. So so the list of paranormal phenomena at this prison is long. It goes anywhere from the sighting of the shadow man, who I'll tell you guys more about in just a second, who was actually photographed to EVPs of shotgun blasts and empty cartridges falling to the floor. It is also said that staff have been accosted, they have had their arms grabbed, their hair pulled, they've heard strange sounds, and they've heard lots of screaming. It's also said that you can hear the voice of the Aryan Brotherhood leader, William Red Snyder, who was stabbed 37 times in his cell. So they say that anytime you go visit the cell that he was in and killed, you can hear his voice. Or that's where you're most likely to hear his voice. I don't know what it sounds like, so... Right? I'm like, it could could just be be a random man that happened to be in there later. (laughs) Unless he says I'm William (laughs) so-and-so. Well, so about the shadow man, it was, I'm going to show you this iconic photo, but it was taken by Polly Gear, who's the co-founder of Mountaineer Ghost Paranormal Investigators. It was taken around 1.30 a.m. on May 7th, 2004, just a few hours after a severe thunderstorm. The area that I'll show you guys in this picture, and I will send it to you. I already pre-saved it to my phone, so I can send it to you for Facebook. The area that you're seeing in the photo is the doorway into the cafeteria. Polly was at the north hallway walking south towards the lobby when she heard a noise from the area of the doorway that leads to the cafeteria. So she, like, turned to look at it. As she went to investigate the sound, she turned on her light, and she saw the shadowy figure of a man who looked at her before darting behind the doorframe. At that point that she saw the figure, she estimated she was about 10 feet away from him. She began to back away and dropped her light in order to ready her camera for the picture. And at an estimated 110 feet away from the figure, so she went 100 feet backwards, she managed to snap the famous photograph that has caused quite a stir in the paranormal world. So this is the picture. You can definitely tell it's a man. Right? That's pretty dark for... That's uh, the, the shadow is pretty dark. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's very clear that it's a man. I mean, he looks a little bit taller. He's thicker. He looks a little disheveled. But he's, like, broad, stocky. Like, you could easily say that he was a guard. You could easily say that he was an inmate. Like, it's very clear that it's a man. You can see, you know, like, that he has two legs. He's not just, like, an orb. It's a man, which is kind of interesting. And then I was reading something about, so my... Prison is also open for tours. Like, you can still go there and do ghost tours and stay the night and whatnot. And one guy said that 
one of the people that works on the tours, he said, if you don't believe that this prison is haunted, come stay for a night and you'll we'll change your mind. Fuck yeah. That's a fucking bro. Well, that kind of really sounds like a, an itinerary. We're putting out an itinerary of all the different types. This of is Pennsylvania? Prisons. West Virginia? West Virginia. West Virginia? I would say Pennsylvania. Sorry. Sorry, I forgot to say Alcatraz is also open for visiting. But I don't think they do overnight ghosts. They do. They, they do night tours. We're, I don't we're know if they do. Stay. Oh, yeah, you're right. I don't, think do, no. I don't know if they do overnight. I know they do night tours. I was going to do one last time I was in San Francisco, but it was all booked out. Sorry. Maybe next time. It is, like, you have to get on that because Alcatraz does book out a lot. Let's go to San Francisco. I love San Francisco. I want to go to Giants too. Game. Have it's you ever been to the dungeon in San Francisco? The dungeon? Yes. Okay, so it's <laughs> all about haunted history, but mm-hmm. you, like, kind of go into it, and then it walks you through, like, the horrific history of San Francisco and you walk through these rooms and it's like a live play and then you get all the way down to the bottom and you get on the escape to Alcatraz glider and it's like a drop thing and you just no. and it's all under on the wharf. It's super cool. That it's right next to dope. Ripley's. Dungeon. It's that, sick. Oh yeah, that sounds cool. We should do an episode in San Francisco. In San Francisco. We'll just yeah. go get a hotel room, record there. I would love there. to go to San Francisco and spend t- I mean, the problem is San Francisco because I go there for concerts Wh- and when the sun goes shows, down. yeah, <laughs> plays and stuff. I mean, I go there and, and it's great, you know. Everywhere, you, I mean, almost everywhere you go. You're right, though. Uh. You make one wrong turn. It's like, what the fuck is this? Where the fuck? It's gotten worse for sure. Oh, we're, yeah. We're from a small town, so it's not it's not. Normal for us to see a security guard at Wendy's. So we do actually have the capacity to do a live episode. So that's something to think about in the future. All right. For my prison, I'm talking eastern Tennessee. It's called the Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary near Petros, Tennessee. Now, this area was well known for its rich coal mine. So after the Civil War, there was this huge boom in the railroad construction and a rapid expansion of the coal mining industry throughout the state of Tennessee. And as we all know, trains relied on coal to basically fuel them. So it's kind of a cycle. They're expanding the, the railroads, but they need the coal to make the trains go. Now, this particular area was extremely remote and, of course, the greedy-ass mining companies hired a bunch of people but built the houses and charged an exorbitant amount of rent for the coal miners that they hired. And they also brought in stores, mercantile, clothing stores. And so the miners ended up basically working for very little money because then they have to pay the exorbitant amount Again, to the, the fucking... They just spell, spend it all. Correct. Yeah. At just getting food. <laughs> it's like, here's $100, but I'm going to take 25 for a house, 25 for food. Exactly. Now you owe me $10. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Mm-hmm. So, of course, this creates a lot of friction because these guys are doing honest work, getting fucking raped in the ass mm. by the their company that they're working for. So, what they end up doing is they decide to work together and start striking in the winter because in the winter, uh-huh. that's when the demand for coal to heat uh-huh. houses mm. and the railroads are highest. And it worked. They got, you know, little by little, they got what they wanted until there was a new convict lease program that gave the coal mining companies a cheaper and convenient and more reliant workforce. Mm. Now, how this worked was 
because of the adoption of the 13th Amendment, which even though it freed the slaves, it also contained a loophole where they called it involuntary solitude, which means criminals who were punished could be used as labor. Yeah, it's like indentured, indentured, indentured servitude. Exactly. Yeah. So, and all this, of course, happens at the end of the Civil War. Now, again, in the South, you have a lot of problems because they've lost. Their economy has collapsed. Mm-hmm. A lot of, I mean, it's a shit show. Well, in the North just straight wrecked havoc on the South. Absolutely. Sherman alone. I mean, his march the, to the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Alone, I mean, they, he burned plantations, he burned their crops, he killed their their farming animals and their livelihood. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, shit's pretty bad. So crime is r- running rampant, and Tennessee, like a lot of other states, couldn't afford to build and maintain prisons. They couldn't afford to feed the prisoners, clothe the, fil- the prisoners, shelter them. So this l- convict lease program really, really saves them money they just have to loan them out (laughs) my bad well and then to also point out that coal mining is so dangerous so like absolutely you i mean people were getting black lung they were dying in like mine collapses and so like that was kind of a workforce that you didn't probably feel too guilty about sending them in there good lord right (laughs) sending them (laughs) in in there and letting them die so you know it's kind of probably a win-win for them at the time absolutely so literally uh, but in uh, 1866, which is, we know, right after the, Civil, the American Civil War, Tennessee's like, we're just going to start leasing these prisoners. And they do so. And part of what happens is, in this particular area, now you have free labor mm-hmm. coming in and taking your job. Mm-hmm. And so this causes basically what they call the Coal Creek War. You have the miners who are getting paid to do this job now fighting the inmates, fighting the guards, fighting, you know, everybody because that's their job. You know, you're. Well, because everyone's getting fucked. I mean, literally, the, the miners the are like, we are, want yes. better lives. And the inmates are like, well, we did something wrong. Now we're here in prison. And we the want something to do. Well, the <laughs> state's just straight like, well, we don't want to pay you better. So go fuck yourselves. And we don't give a shit about you. So go die in the mines instead. And everyone's getting fucked except for the state. Absolutely. So what ends up happening, though, because the miners kind of do a pretty efficient job, offending off and fighting in these squabbles, the mining company and the state decides to send troops for protection. Well, after a while, people not only are dying on both sides, the state looks at this and goes, this is fucking getting expensive. So they realize that keeping a standing militia basically undercuts any financial advantages that they had had by not building a prison and you know, s- setting up um, a place for them to be safe in, they're like, we're done. These convict lease contracts are expired. We're not going to do this. But we are going to go ahead and build the state's very first security prison. And guess who they use as labor to build the <laughs> prison? There you go. The prisoners. Just dig right. your own hole. So by 1896, they've got an on-site Rebel spur, and they've got a wooden prison basically built by the inmates. But inside, 
you know, there's friction, there's there's a lot of anger and animosity. So you got ongoing violence. You have deadly mining accidents. You have chronic illness. Again, black lung being one of them. Disease is running rampant. We're talking tuberculosis. We're mm-hmm. talking typhoid. We're talking pneumonia. We're even talking syphilis, which apparently was so prevalent, like 70% of the black prisoners had syphilis. Okay. And of course, they don't provide a decent standard of medical care or treatments. And on top of everything else, the inmates were being repeatedly and routinely beaten if they underproduced making, hammering out the coal. And so they're getting their ass beats. They are living in dire and, and, and um, dangerous health conditions. And as a result, they're dropping like flies. So, I mean, we're basically saying that the inmates are spending their days in the dark mines being told, you need to dig faster or we're going to whip you. And the guard had thick leather straps. And, of course, at night, you know, things weren't any better. They were all shoved into this wooden building, and it's falling apart. And we're talking Tennessee. Tennessee can get pretty fucking cold. Tennessee holds no heat. And basically they're like, (laughs) one wrong match, this whole bitch is going to go up. Now, by 1939, this this penitentiary is housing 976 men when 300 was at max the capacity. No. So we're looking at three triple. times as much. Correct. So the state of Tennessee is like, we're ju- we just have to build a new one. And we have to make it concrete. We have to make it, we have to reinforce it. And we have to make sure the convicts can't break out. So... They make the convicts go down to the nearby quarry and basically use the sandstone to build a new prison. Now, this new prison stands four stories high. It has battlements uh, atop, and by 1934, it's literally surrounded by an 18-foot stone wall. But again, you have uh, prisoners of different races, and, you know, racism is a big thing. Especially in the South at that time. 1930s. And we're actually, at this point in time, we're hitting the Great Depression. Never heard of her. And (laughs) so there's a lot of infighting with the inmates to the point where, I mean, it's just going on for decades. Now, some of the more prevalent incidences was an incident in 1982 where... Seven white inmates held guards as hostages at Knife Point, and they ended up getting the guards' guns. And what they did was is they went ahead and attacked four of their black rivals in their locked cells. So they basically ran up to their cells and started shooting them. Two get killed, and but the other two managed to survive by hiding in the corner of their rooms behind their mattresses. Now... So you have these racial tensions, and then you have some guy who, in 1969, (laughs) every time you tickle polar bear, you like I can't help but laugh. Sorry, some guy. (laughs) This fucking guy. This fucking guy. Jesus, some young guy. I know it's her tagline. Some guy. Coming, coming, young guy. Some young guy. By the name of James Earl Ray. Oh, shit. Never heard of him. Oh, I know that guy. James Part 2. Assassinate Dr. Martin Luther King. Before, in your prison, and we did not know the connection prior to this, Mm -hmm. 
he tries several times to bust out, and he's got a target on his back. Again, there's black people here who are like, this fucking guy. This, this is this the fucking motherfucker, guy. Right. So he tries several times, but he succeeds on June 10th, 1977, with him and six others climb over the wall using a six-foot ladder made out of salvage piping. So I, I don't know how the fuck they managed to do this and hide it from the guards. Either way, the second he's gone, unlike the time you he's escaped, FBI and the U.S. Marshals show up and like, fuck this, we're getting him. Because well, now he's not a no-name inmate. Like Correct. He was in yeah, he's the story. fucking guy. Yeah. yeah. So it takes them a little more than two days. They use hound dogs. You know, remember those old movies where mm-hmm, they yep. let him out? Yeah. All red. That's right. And they find him exhausted and buried under leaves, trying to mask his scent from the hound dogs. And he doesn't make it far. It's just a couple of miles from the prison. So he doesn't get far. Let's not be any water around. Now, again, he has a target on his back. And in 1981, three inmates decide to stab him 22 times. I bet. I'm not upset I about that. I'm going to bet right now. Numbers. He, yeah, I bet he fucking made it. He does. Yeah. <laughs> they, nobody fucking dies in prison, bro. So <laughs> some people actually say, yeah, you fucking killed Dr. Martin Luther King. Here you go, shank, 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 22 times. But he makes it. Okay. Other people say it was all kind of a setup so that he'd get a new trial. Mm. It, it doesn't work that way. I don't like that. Either way, in 1992, because, I mean, this is how long this guy keeps going, he gets out. Yeah, because, like, holy hell, when he escapes, right. that's only, like, 11 years before my birthday. That just feels so much further than that. Or, or it, it feels like it should be. Yeah, right? Yes. And then now he's in the 90s. Like, that's kind of terrifying in itself. I didn't realize he lived that long, I guess. So he he leaves. He's not getting paroled. He, he never gets paroled. As he shouldn't. Correct. He leaves this particular prison in 1992. But he ends up dying in a Nashville facility in 1998. So we're talking basically 24, 25 years ago, this guy who kills Dr. Martin Luther King died. I mean, that just feels un... Way too close. Correct. Like, his transfer was 31 years ago. Like, that just feels way too close for something that feels so far away. That's really interesting. Now, this particular state penitentiary was also called the end of the line because it just was so horrific. I mean, the people dying from disease, people dying from being beaten by the prison guards, dying from accidents in the coal mines. And again, this this type of penitentiary itself operated from 1896 to 2009. So we're talking 13 years ago, 14 years ago. And it is said that James Earl Ray actually never leaves. They believe his ghost is still haunting there. Now, the cool thing about this, like all of our other ones, is that you can go on tours during the day. You can do ghost tours, but you can also do ghost hunting. And it's from like 10 to 4 or 8 to 4 in the morning. You have the whole prison to yourself. That's I'm, I was like, that's dope. So here are some of the things that the ghost hunters and have seen, or tourists have uh, experienced. There's a overall sense of feeling of hopelessness, like you're, you're empathetic to the feeling of the inmates. 
people have reported hearing screaming. People have reported hearing like the clanging against the bars as if they are like railing their tin cups. Mm-hmm. People have heard noises that they believe are from like the sounds of people getting hung or hanging themselves, committing suicide. Like gurgling. Right. There are cries and sounds for people who were getting beaten by the guards. Or there was even one case where one of the prisoners was chopped up and flushed down the toilet. Oh, God. <laughs> that takes some time. Holy well, hell. Yes. It, you know, it's happened recently, though. And believe it or not, yeah. I mean, this place was so brutal, there was an estimation of at least one murder per week. We're not talking the prisoner dying from tuberculosis. We're talking murder. Right. And again, it, without a doubt, it's a combination of prisoners and guards. Which, to put into context, mine was the most one of the top ten most dangerous prisons, and it only had thirty six homicides. Right. So again, they're seeing apparitions, they're seeing shadows, they're hearing disembodied voices, and people have actually been physically attacked. And on top of everything else, people have reported hearing the sounds of growling. And Hmm. growling in the paranormal world tends to be... Demonic. Demonic. So like I said, you can do ghost tours. And it's like you can do 12 people max for an overnight investigation for 1500 And I mean, honestly, when I was reading this, I was like, God damn, this is my place. I would like to do this. So... I would be like, yeah, let's do this. And we'd get there, and I'd be like, no, no I'm just going. I'm, I'm going to go. That was fun. <laughs> JK, JK, I thought I got to go. 30 <laughs> seconds in, and I'm gone. Yeah, I, I'm a Guess designer. who's not brave anymore. Oh, yeah, never Sam. Never Sam. I don't even watch horror movies. It's <laughs> ironic, however, that this, that he comes back to this prison, apparently, in his ghost form, and Al Capone does. Like, what, why would a spirit cling to, like, if they died there, I'd get it. But the fact that they would somehow go back to that place, like that's where they're... Maybe like he lost so part of his soul when he got stabbed 22 times. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Oh God, cut it to yeah, Adam. Horticrux right there. Like Anakin did when he was fucking... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's what we have for you tonight. On to business. Yep. <laughs> yes, you do have a fo- Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. There you go. Either way, yeah. If you're curious or interested, <laughs> would like to join. Well, yeah, I mean, fun. you could post your own prisons. Up there. I mean, I've, there's, you know, th- there's so many prisons. The cr- crime rate in America is you know, one of the worst. Unreal, ones. yes. Yeah. But you know, I'm sure there's plenty of prisons people have visited and experienced their own traumatic or non-traumatic or eerie feeling, just experiences they've had in these places. So, I mean, you just uh, just post it, bro. But that brings me to the topic of if you have a topic that you would like us to one day cover, to send us an email. Yeah, please let us know if you want us to do some more Alcatraz. Anything. Only ghosts. Anything. <laughs> yes, yeah, escaping, <laughs> escaping Alcatraz would be cool. You want us to put a GoPro on and just run around as fast as we can? <laughs> we'll do it. Do you want us to cover people's well, sexy encounters with yeah. ghosts? Yeah. We're ready. Ghosts. Sup, ghosts. <laughs> the next step would be video, but. I don't know how far we'll get along with that. Just got to put a camera and clean up our area. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final thoughts, Samantha. Well, I can't see out the window and I'm low key absolutely terrified that it's like even more of a blizzard than it was earlier. So that's all I can really think about. Polar bear. I don't know. I, I liked it. 
I think everybody was really into it this time. Yeah, I think I think it started off as a as a different topic, but then the more we looked into our prisons, and like we all said, we all found something interesting that we didn't know about our prison, whether it be some people who you didn't know, or what they did, or how it affected the com- community around them, and just stories that are never told unless you go to that place, and then even then, it's not told because they're so old. So this is a chance for us to, you know, retell those tales and hopefully someone else gets to hear it. Right. Well, and it was a cool mashup between history and paranormal. Yeah, we might most have to rename the episode not Haunted Prisons, but like... Well, I think Haunted Prisons, prisons is <laughs> accurate, but I mean, it was kind of cool. Like, it was hard not to delve into the history of it. Yeah. So right. normally we do all history or we do, like you said, all travel or all paranormal, and this was like a mashup of all the things, which right. was kind of we did. We it was did a little we, crime yeah. on the back well, we, of the We told them, you know, why, it would, why it was, our prison was violent and probably the reason why it would be haunted by whoever and what you can do, where to go, and how much, you know, what does this place offer for me to experience you can. So you can go to these prisons Absolutely. and do it. And I would, you know, I would like to one day for any of these prisons. I mean, Alcatraz I've been to, and, you know, three of the four of us have been there. So, but, I mean, that's one out of the four we just told, and that's not including other prisons out there that have their own history that have their own stories to tell. And are closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Location-wise. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, until next time, only if you can find the beauty in the darkness, which is where we hope to meet you where the dark corners are. It just, oh, yeah, it's one. me. <laughs> He's so angry. It's he just okay. wants love. You can be part of my theme song. Stop it. I keep loving him and then he yells Sorry. at me. Yeah, I don't touch her because I'm afraid I'm going to scare her, so I just never touch her. Poor baby. Now pick this one up. No, you're fine. I picked him up earlier. You just growled at me a little. Oh, my God. <laughs> you fucking set him up for that? Okay, bear growl now. Like, see if you can scare him back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here. You want to talk? You need to be quiet. Go ahead. Tell us, Charlie. Tell us that you're mad. We're listening. Yell at him again. Okay. We're just talking about San Francisco. That was enough to scare him straight. <laughs>